Hey, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Nehemiah chapter 8, starting in verse 13 and going to verse 18. Uh, and again, the people had called a meeting to hear God's word, and they were moved and recognized that they had neglected to follow his commands, and they were beginning to understand his word, and it was moving them to tears. They were thankful for God's faithfulness to them, although they had maybe not yet been very faithful to him. This was a moment of realigning to God, but they just didn't have a good meeting and a come-to-Jesus meeting, right, and get on with their lives. The very next day, they continued to seek God as a people. And so let's pick it up in verse 13 of chapter 8. On October 9, the family leaders of all the people, together with the priests and Levites, met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. As they studied the law, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills to get branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival as prescribed in the law. So the people went out and cut branches and used them to build shelters on the roofs of their homes, in their courtyards, in the courtyards of God's temple, or in the squares just inside the water gate and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day, they held a solemn assembly as was required by the law. The people came back for more. I love this. The people came back for more. They heard about another festival that they were called by God to do uh, that month called the Feast of Tabernacles or Shelters or Huts. Uh, it was a festival to remind the people that their ancestors who had been uh, slaves in Egypt and God powerfully set free, their ancestors lived as nomads in temporary shelters in the wilderness, and they lived by the grace and provision of God. And they did this before they entered the land God promised them. And so this was a festival, and they would make temporary shelters and stay in them for the Feast of Tabernacles to remember this. The feast was to last seven days, and the people were supposed to build these little, you know, booths or huts and live in them for, you know, that week. It was God's way of revealing his willingness to provide, to protect, and intervene on behalf of those who followed him. And so these promises had been forgotten along with this festival and along, in some ways, with God. This festival had not been going on. And so when they read that this was in God's word and God was expecting this and God desired for them to this and this was a command that it was and they found out that this festival was to be held that month they got busy they were quick and eager to obey. You know, the, did the people sit around and you know ask if it was really practical or convenient in other words, you know, why would we go camping in front of our home, you know? 
did they say, we haven't been obeying God, and so let's kind of ease into this, you know what I mean? Let's, you know, maybe one command at a time, you know, that this would be a big change to do something like this. Let's not get too radical. Let's not go overboard on this whole God stuff. What was their response? They read God's commands, and they were quick to obey. They came to the place where who was asking was more important than what they were being asked to do. Let me say that again. They came to the place where who who was asking was more important than what they were asked to do, being asked to do. As you look at God's guidance, as you look at God's instructions and commands, as you look at God's word, what attitude do you have? Do you find yourself quick to obey, saying, God, whatever you ask me to do, before you ask it, the answer is yes, because you're God and I can trust you. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, our visions, our dreams, our calling, our goals, our very lives are all to be about God's glory. It's about him. And as we move forward in pursuing goals and visions and dreams and changes we feel burdened and called to go after, remember who it's all about in the first place. It's easy to forget that. Does God receive all praise, credit, and recognition? The danger is we can develop amnesia about who walked with us through it all when the dream comes to life. The Jewish people dedicated not just a wall in a dream to God, they dedicated their very lives to him. And so how about you? As you find yourself planning and handling critics and dreaming and working hard to bring about change, as you pursue that dream that you sense God leading you to pursue, to be an influence, are you remembering God? And if so, how? Is God getting the credit? I think one helpful way to keep our dreams and goals centered on God is to do what Nehemiah repeatedly did. And it's such, I know it's the most obvious, you know, answer, but I think it's desperately needed and more difficult than we give it credit for. To follow Nehemiah's lead and to remember God and stay centered on God through prayer, to pray. I think to pray and keep an ongoing conversation with God throughout the process is probably one of the best ways we can keep our dreams, our goals, our vision, our plans centered on God, that ongoing conversation with God. And so pray. The the other thing that comes to mind that's helped me in the past is journaling. And I'm, I'm not a big writer, but just to write down some words So when something happens and God shows up in some way that was unexpected to you, he's always with you, but he kind of, you know, you you see him. You see him move in a way that was unexpected, perhaps. But as you just kind of jot down some words or you jot down what happened or you jot down what you learned or what you sensed God saying to you, just a journal, just to have a little book to keep track of those things. Maybe they're things you're praying for and answers are received or just circumstances you're going through and you feel all alone and you write it down and then you can you can look back and remember moments in which God you know stepped in and showed off right the people were seeking the God who protected and provided for them they saw his work and that led to their worship of him 
the people also took time to confess and admit they had been apathetic to God. The people made adjustments and, and a commitment to follow God in obedience. And this has caused me to think about my response to God's commands. And I'm asking myself some questions. Am I eager to hear and know God's guidance for my life? Or do I, and I can do this, do I excuse it away? Well, that doesn't apply to me today. That was for those people back then. Times have changed. God knows my heart. I'll ask for forgiveness later. I think God wants me to be happy more than holy anyways. You know, do I, another bit of questions, do I think God's commands aren't practical for my life? <laughs> do I delay obedience? because I don't want to sacrifice my desires to pursue God's desires. I guess the big question is, do I really trust that God knows best? And if so, I think I'd be quick to obey. And so for you today, is there an act of obedience that God's called you to take that you've been delaying? Maybe you've been sensitive about it and defensive about it. Maybe you've just put it off. Perhaps today's the day to set aside the excuses and to follow him and to experience the joy that comes from obedience, the life that's brought through obedience. And so what's God saying to you and what will be your response? Let's pray. And I, and I want to pray with Psalm 119, verses 1 through 7. It says this as a prayer, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commands carefully. Oh, that our actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands as I learn your righteous regulations, and I will thank you by living as I should. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.